You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. Talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. This podcast is sponsored by Amazon Music. Amazon Music's best deal of the year is back. Now through October 12th, new subscribers can try Amazon Music Unlimited for up to four months totally free if you're an Amazon Prime member. Non-Prime members will still receive three months free. That's three to four months of 90 million songs, totally free in HD or higher sound. And for those of us that are watching Rings of Power on Prime Video right now, we're big fans here at Black Girl Nerds, Amazon Music has episodic albums and exclusive soundtrack editions that can't be found anywhere else. I am a personal fan of Rings of Power. As you know, Black Girl Nerds have been covering Rings of Power since Comic-Con, so we have been all over this show. And you should too. Try Amazon Music Unlimited for free up to four months. Use our link, getamazonmusic.com slash blackgirlnerds. Try it out. Listen to Rings of Power soundtracks. You can cancel before the end of the trial if you do not love it. It's totally okay. This is a limited time offer, so you've got to use our link today. Again, it's getamazonmusic.com slash blackgirlnerds. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me is my co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hello. Blessed day, people. Blessed day, may the Lord open, blessed be the fruit. We are back for another episode of The Handmaid's Tale. We plan on diving deep into episode four, entitled Dear Offred. Uh, so, Ryan, tell me about your thoughts on this episode. Uh, I thought I thought this was good. Um, I was finally to, to um, it's kind of like, I feel like th- this episode is still kind of building up to something, you know, like, not necessarily filler because it was still pretty good because the handmaids is always gonna have that drama, but um, it it wasn't it wasn't too bad for me. I did appreciate June not feeling. I, I appreciate her not feeling so alone. I feel like most of these episodes look like she's alone and people are trying to figure her out. And I feel like this episode was like that first little step. Like okay, maybe somebody understands her because I always feel like she's just giving face and just so alone like now in Canada because of how she's feeling and she's worried about Hannah. So I think this episode finally gave her like an olive branch. Like, okay, look, there are some people that you can like rely on. They understand you. Yeah, I feel like this episode, she still is pretty ruthless, but she started (laughs) to, yeah, she started to regain some of her sanity. Um, I would say these last few episodes up until this point, she was kind of a loose cannon and she still is in some ways, Uh but I think, you know, more and Luke are doing a great job of grounding her so yeah yeah yeah, absolutely yeah let's get into it so we open up with June she's kind of mindlessly swinging Nicole um at the park 
a stranger, this lady approaches and asks how old the baby is. And she kind of guesses she's around 14 months. And she says she's breathtaking. And then she recognized the baby as Nicole. And she knows who June is, too. So obviously, if somebody pulled up to me and asked me, you know, they know or actually tells me they know who I am and who my baby is, I'm not going to stick around. So (laughs) June decides to pack up and leave. And the woman says, you know, she's kind of jealous of the fact that June actually got to have a baby in Gilead and she tries to touch Nicole, you know, mama bear mode is activated. June tells her to back off. So then the lady tells her she doesn't deserve to have a baby. She calls her a slut, a whore. And June at this point loses her temper and slams her into the swing set. And she's like yelling like, F you, F you. So <laughs> next we see June in therapy, which I've been saying this all season long June June needs to go to therapy so I don't know if Luke (laughs) heard me um, but he got his wife in therapy and so June Luke and their therapist are discussing the incident Um, the therapist kind of advises that infertility takes a tremendous toll on the body and on the psyche and so that lady you know her actions aren't really uncommon and that June was right to be on her guard so Luke reassures her that she was only protecting Nicole and June's like, ah, I went a little bit past protecting Nicole. <laughs> I got physical with the woman. So the therapist is like, oh, is she okay? And June's like, well, I didn't stop to check. <laughs> so I'm kind of mad we didn't get to see June beat up this lady. Yeah, seriously though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought she was going to take a little further. But see, in that scene though, I felt like she was being a little extra because it's like, girl, you because June has gone off before. And I feel like that was like mild-mannered compared to like something June would do. Like she just, you know, she just, you know, grabbed the lady by the coat a little bit as anybody would do. Like people probably would do more like you're saying. Absolutely. And when you and Mama Bear bowed and somebody's like coming after your kid like that. But yeah, I mean, she just pressed up against the thing and left. So I was like, June, now see, why are you telling on yourself now? Because you don't went further before and it really said nothing. Well, that's the thing. June's insinuating that that wasn't the end of it. I'm feeling like June beat her up <laughs> and then oh, left her there. Yeah, so you're thinking we didn't see it. Okay, okay. Yeah, we just didn't see it because she, she was like, ah, I took it a little bit too far. I don't think June would say that if all she did was push the Oh, girl. okay, okay. I'm following yeah. you now. All right, all right. Yeah, so the therapist um believes that a lot of this is due to Serena's return you know June being so violent or just being also on edge and she thinks it's going to be difficult for June to avoid any further violent outbursts um and June agrees with her considering that in addition to Serena returning there are more people in Canada that are supporting Serena and praying for her so She's taken a lot of that in. Um, so I don't know. Are you kind of happy to see that June's kind of working through her issues in therapy? Yes, they finally listened to you. Like they, I'm glad they finally put Angelica's suggestion in the script. But the, the therapy scene, though, was still kind of funny, though, because I feel like like they would ask a question and June was sitting there like, OK, so so what do you think about this? Like when Luke was like, so when she when she has these outbursts, will it happen again? I don't know. It was just the, the therapy session was just so like it was definitely needed, but it was just so like hilarious at moments, too, because they were like sitting there waiting for this like magical answer. And the lady is sitting there like, um, well, I mean, it could happen again. So, you know, it, I don't know. I just thought it was so funny, but I'm so glad they took your suggestion because she needs somebody to talk to. Like, they both do. Like, poor Luke is just sitting there taking everything that's thrown at him. So, yeah, I'm glad they finally listened. 
Exactly. So next we see Serena. She's walking with Tuello and he asks, or she asks if the Canadian government will be keeping a close eye on her. You know, basically she's wondering if she's going to get the same treatment with the U.S. government. And he says the Canadian government doesn't want to have 24 7 surveillance on her anymore. And, and in that case, Serena's happy that she's going to have some sort of semblance of privacy. So Tuello asks her one last time if she will reconsider Canada's offer for her to remain there um, under asylum. And that'll keep her safe as an American citizen. Serena basically says she's not an American citizen and her loyalty is to God. So, I mean, Tuello can't do much else about that. He tells her, you know, he now releases her from the custody of the American government and she is restricted to properties that are affiliated with Gilead only. Um, And then she's handed over to Ezra Shaw, who's played by Rosef Sutherland, who will be her escort going forward. So um, Tuello wishes her good luck, to which Serena says she doesn't have, she doesn't need luck. She has God on her side. So then he's like, okay, well, I hope he guides your steps and I hope you step carefully because you are no longer in Gilead. You are in a free country. Um, So she's then taken to the Gilead Information Center, which I will moving forward just call the center because it's a mouthful, which is going (laughs) to be her her new home in Canada. So I'll stop there for your thoughts on Serena being released from, I guess, her imprisonment with the American government. Yeah, I, I think like Serena's making a huge mistake here. I don't know how, like I don't know how it's gonna unfold, but I think that was her security that she doesn't realize yet. Um, it's, especially uh, Twello, like all the stuff, all the hoops he's been drumming through for her that he doesn't have to. I think that, I think she's just kind of like cutting herself off slowly, but surely like thinking she has this under control that she has no idea. Um, the Ezra Shah guy, like he's kind of rubbing me a little bit. Something, something seems a little bit weird to, him, to me about him, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just suspicious of everybody, but <laughs> I don't know. Some, some was just, I don't know because he's from Gilead or, you know, whatever like that, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, she gonna need protection though. So I guess she need everybody she could get because she got everybody coming from all sides. Like she think it's all, you know, cookies and, and rainbows and stuff because the, a couple people came out, had the, you know, they were holding up the candles and everything like that. It's like, girl, everybody don't feel like that. And you still like, you know, even though you got Gilead protection, you still like, you know, like he was saying in a free country. So it's like, come correct. Like, don't just be out, you know, walking wherever you want to. So this will be interesting. Yeah, we'll see how that turns out for her. Um, so Tuello actually pays a visit to June. Um, and June asks how Hannah is doing. Tuello tells her, you know, he didn't speak to her, but he could see that she looked very healthy. And Luke is pretty upset about this because he's like, you were so close to Hannah and you did nothing. Like, what are you here for? And Tuello tells them that he's just here to tell them that Serena has been released from the American government's custody. Um, she's staying in Canada at a property owned by Gilead um, from before the war that Canada has agreed to give back to Gilead to improve relations. Um, so Moira was like, what, what, they have a freaking embassy now? And Tuello's like, ah, it's a cultural center and Serena will be their representative to advocate for Gilead's values. Um, you know, a lot of this is due to her success uh, at, at Fred's funeral. And Gilead wants her to remain visible to the world. Luke is not pleased with this at all. He basically uh-huh. tells Luke to, or he basically tells Tuello to get the F out. 
Um, But before Tuello leaves, he says Serena has no standing. She has no status. She doesn't have a passport. She doesn't have any money to her name. She can't even drive a car. She's very limited. And June says that she's warned Tuello over and over about Serena and what she's capable of. And he just won't listen. She basically calls him a disappointment. And he says, you know, maybe your expectations were unrealistic. Um, so then he leaves and Luke basically tells um, June's kind of, I think he kind of sees like June starting to get crazy. So he's like, look, we'll figure this out. We'll figure out where Serena is. We'll find a way to stop her. And June's like, I'm not worried about it. So that night, <laughs> remember we had mentioned this before, yeah. you know, why does she bury that gun? She digs up the gun and you can tell that she's on a mission. Uh, so I'll, I'll stop there for that that tidbit from Tuello about Serena and how Luke and June and even Moira are reacting to her remaining in Canada. Well, I'm curious what you think. Do you think Tuello is actually doing what he can do or do you think he's just kind of like trying to play the middle and figure everything out? Because I'm always thinking he could do more, but I don't know, like I don't play a lot in the whole, you know, I guess gotta be a lot of politics, I guess involved in it, but I always feel like he shows up and I'm like, dude, I'm like them. I'm like, what did you actually do? Well, Tuello is a politician at the end of the, I wouldn't even say he's a politician. He's an agent for the American government. So Mm -hmm. he he can do everything he can, but there's limitations. So it would be like so bad if he went to Gilead on basically this diplomatic mission and he kidnaps Hannah. Like that's not going to look good for him or his office. He can't do stuff like that. But, you know, he's by the book. And he tries uh-huh. to bend it when he can, but what they're asking for is above his pay grade, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're, like you said, your expectations are unrealistic. He's done the yeah. best he can. Yeah. I think he's done more than enough uh for them he didn't have to tell them anything about serena but he came over out of respect and let them know what was going on so right. you know yeah, that's, I, true. that's true yeah yeah i respect Tuello. he 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 does what he can shout out as well i mean we you know we wish he he could kidnap hannah but we know what's gonna go down but you know he got a, he got his rules and everything but yeah i was kind of curious because i feel so bad for him every time he enters a room with them or his serena it's like can you do this can you do that let me get let me see my list so uh, he, it's going to be interesting to see like, his character going forward. Because I'm like, what is he really going to do now? Because they kind of doing their own thing. Well, they're not really following rules. Serena's like, I don't want to deal with you no more. So, man, do we get to see Twello anymore? Man. I hope around. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But any thoughts on, you know, their reaction? Or you're just, that's kind of been answered by the fact that, like, Twello's hands are basically tied. Yeah, I mean, they're basically tied. I do think, obviously, they're justified. Like, I can't imagine being a parent, and it's just, this is always getting thrown in their face. Like, it always feels like, you know, Hannah is somewhere, you know, disregarding, like, you know, just what we know about the books, and I still need to catch up on my reading. But just in general, like, a parent just knowing that your daughter is in the situation, it's like, and she just keeps escalating. Like, she's getting older and older. She's about 12. And it's just like, what? there's so much red tape. And it's like, everybody you see is just like a little baby step. Like I would probably lose my mind at some point too and just start cussing people out. Cause it's just like, at what point do I actually get to where I need to go? You know? And then it's like, if I try to go too far, I risk my life that I don't help anybody. I got another daughter that's already saved. So yeah, I, I completely understand. I'm Luke, I think is well-deserved to lose his mind because I've been wondering, cause he's been holding it in for so long. So I've been wondering when it was going to come out for him. So yeah, they're justified in it. I just feel like, like you said, Twello, he only has so far he can go. So 
I don't know. It just always feels like a lose lose for them. Like, what what can you do next? Yeah, I mean, he basically helped them arrange for Fred's death. So, like, what more do they want from the man? <laughs> like, they seriously, they yeah, that was a big ask. Yeah, that's a big ask. Yeah. So, um, later we see that June has followed some of Serena's supporters to the center, the Gilead Information Center, and she tries to load her gun, but she realizes it's jammed due to the cold. I mean, it has been buried in the ground for a while now. Um, she sees Serena in her bedroom window and she gets out of her car and they kind of have this angry stare off. <laughs> it was <laughs> reminding me of like Diddy and that contestant on, on oh, I don't yeah. know the voice, but you know, I'm talking about that famous yeah, like, gift about, that yeah, they're just, yeah. So they have this stare off and then uh, June finally decides to leave. Mm -hmm. And Serena is kind of shaken by this exchange and she asks Shaw if there's anything he can do about it. And he says, like, he can't stop June from driving, but if she steps foot in the center, she'll be taken care of. And he reassures her, you know, they have alarms set, they have cameras on, you know, their guards at every post, you know, he's going to keep both Serena and her baby safe. So June ends up going back home and she tells Luke that she drove to Serena's building like a crazy person. And Luke is like, okay, anything else? Like he's at this point, he's pretty used to <laughs> June's <laughs> antics. And she tells them all she can think about is shooting Serena in the head and she can't stop herself from doing it. So Luke is like, I get it. But, you know, that building can get shut down through the proper channels, you know, going to the city council, you know, seeing if they violated any building codes you know, he's going to get the job done. And he tells her, like, if you shoot Serena, you're going to end up losing a coal and then we lose any chance of getting Hannah back. So, like, for once, just try things my way. And she's like, all right, fine. <laughs> like, this is not, this is, you know, therapy must be working because June seems to uh, to kind of finally start to listen to Luke. So I'll stop there for your thoughts on the standoff. Yeah, I like it. I like any. I love any stare moments they're having. Like they always get close, and it's just like that weird pause. I'm like, what's gonna happen? And they just end up giving like a little angry stare, uh, uh, stare down. But yeah, Serena and June, like man, their story. Can you imagine? Like we get to season six. Like I'm already planning there. Like their story is just insane. I can't. I can't even imagine how it's gonna end because I just feel like they're always gonna be in each other's like circle somehow. And just always like reading each other, trying to think of their next play. And it's going to really get under the other person's skin. Cause nobody, I just feel like for each of them, nobody can bug each other the way they can. Like they know like the buttons to press. So um, it's, it's just so interesting seeing them interact. And both of them like, you know, independent, powerful women in their own right. Um, you know, just trying to like, you know, do their own thing. But then it's like this power struggle between the both of them. So, uh, so well played by them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Serena and June are two sides of the same coin. They're just, uh -huh. they're on opposite sides. You know, she's for Gilead and June's for the States. But like, honestly, if they had the same convictions, they'd probably be friends. So yeah, that's what, <laughs> like, yeah, interesting. Y'all like that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And they have teamed up before, um, you right. know, for, uh, uh, against a common enemy. So, you uh -huh. know, just saying they, they aren't too different. Um, so in her new office, Serena receives a call from Commander Lawrence. She was made aware that um, she received invitations from other consulates, but Commander Lawrence turned them down on her behalf. So she's like noting that Brazil, for example, has only heard about the horrible things regarding Gilead. Yet Gilead is the only country in the world that has had an increase in birth weight 
birth rates. So she believes that she that she is uniquely qualified to remind the local ambassadors of that fact. So Commander Lawrence agrees and suggests that she has tea with Venezuela. And then he switches gears and decides to talk about other subjects, included but not limited to painting the nursery and her receiving a visit from a certain stalker, which we all know is June. Um, And Serena is like, oh, you heard about that? And he's like, yeah, Ezra told me that you're a little bit jumpy. And Serena is like, I'm not scared. Um, she says that June is just a baby, like a little kid stomping her feet. And Lawrence warns her that that child misbehaves pretty badly and she should avoid her at all costs. So, you know, and I, I, she looks down at her desk because she's kind of getting ready to open up the center and she gets an idea in her head and that'll, we'll talk about that in the next scene. So June speaks with Moira, who has a letter for June. It's addressed to Ofred. Offred. How dare she? how dare she write disrespectful (laughs) so june opens up the envelope and it's an announcement from the republic of gilead celebrating the grand open of of the gilead information center so obviously serena is taunting her luke tells her not to worry they're going to find a way to stop her and june's like the only way to stop her is to put them all on the ground and then the baby monitor goes off and june shatters a glass in anger and she decides to go comfort nicole and moira ends up checking in on her and you know at this point june knows she's a little bit unhinged and she's frustrated by her outburst and moira just tells her like you're angry um and then she's like you know uh, luke doesn't realize that handling things diplomatically with gilead will never work um and moira is like look she kind of gives her the same speech that Luke gave her. We're refugees. You know, if we start issues, if we don't play by the rules, we could be imprisoned. We can be kicked out the country. You know, these actions are not worth, are not June, are not worth June losing her family. And mm. June wonders if that's who she really is. Like if she's willing to do that. And more was like, look, there has been some change in you because now I'm not scared to leave you around baby Nicole. <laughs> so right. june agrees with that and then she kind of stays back in nicole's room to calm down so i'll i'll stop there for your thoughts on the disrespect and <laughs> serena kind of getting used to her new role yeah yeah i like uh see when you get real comfortable in your in your role and stuff and and you need a little shake up you call commander lawrence just to like mess with you a little bit and kind of throw jokes and and see what's really going on. Cause I feel like he always has like some kind of hints and what he's saying. But yeah, I thought that call was real interesting where it was like, they give her, you know, she getting to play with the power a little bit. You know, I still feel like the commanders in Gilead always got another plan, but you know, we're getting to see her shine a little bit here, do a little bit of stuff at the center, get things, you know, set up. Um, Commander Lawrence, no, he don't care about the nursery. He's just trying to dig, but you know, you know how he does, but yeah. I like how he, I like the little conversation about June where she's like, oh, I ain't scared. She looked a little scared of me, though. Like, I know they like friends and all. They could be like, you know, in a sense, they're like friends in the past and been on different sides. But she looked a little nervous to me when uh, when June rolled up. And then Commander Lawrence was like, yeah, you better watch out for her. Because he know, he know how June get when she start getting in that mode. And I actually thought like, she, you're right, therapy is working. Cause she having these moments where she like checking herself and it didn't June never did that. Like it was always like, let me just be the most and then I'll come back and you know, I'm probably gonna cry and let me try to figure out my life. But you know, I don't like maybe kill this person, that person, or, you know, I burnt this bridge, but she was, she just like, well, what do you, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Like, you know, talking to Mora, like, 
Um, you know, if, if she stays like, like what happens if she stays like this? And I always love the scenes though, where she has that intense moment and she's like around the cold and it's just like mama bear mode, it's mama mode and everything like kind of drops because you always, um, I don't know why. Cause it's just like, you know, mom's instincts kicks in like that. And it's just like a mama bear mode where she wouldn't do anything to her kids. Um, cause you know, that's like one of the most important things to her, but it's just, it's so, it's so, um, amazing how they work those scenes in where she's just like hyper mode, like at level 10. And you put the baby in there, you're like, oh God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And she's like, oh, it's okay. Like she just starts sitting with Nicole. So yeah, I, I love that how they're working that in this season. Cause we barely got to see any like her and Nicole before. Cause you know, she'll be here running from everybody named mom and Gilead. So I love these scenes that we, uh, we get now, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's getting interesting. It's getting a little interesting here, but yeah, as long as more, like she still has more to ground her and, you know, Luke to kind of understand. It looks like we, we riding okay for right now. All right. So, sounds good. <laughs> so um, at the Gilead Center, Shaw tells Serena Luke is outside waiting to speak with her. Serena agrees to speak with him and then she insists on him being patted down in front of her, which is clearly a power play. Um, she asks why Luke is there and Luke is like, why are you here? And she, t- <laughs> she tells him, you know, She's there to spread the word and to let people know that there's a better way to live. Luke says there's a crowd of people outside that would rather shoot her in the head or I guess, or just have her shot in the streets. And Serena believes it's quite the opposite. So he tells her he found 15 violations in accordance to the building codes. If he makes a few phone calls, he can get the place shut down. And she's just like, okay, is that all you got for me? And then he says, and I thought this was just brilliant. He says, and also my wife is going to kill you and I'm going to let her. And I was like, whoa. What? I was like, go Luke, go Luke. Big bold Luke. Um, mm-hmm. So Shaw walks in because obviously you can hear this kind of perceived threat. And Luke advises her she can get kicked out, she can be killed, or she can help get Hannah back. Serena believes Hannah, who's actually called Agnes and Gilead, is happy with her loving parents, and who is she to question God's will? And then she wonders why Luke never returned to Gilead to save his wife and daughter. And she's like, sure, there are risks, but June took those risks. And she's basically insinuating Luke wasn't brave enough to do this. And then she says, but, you know, at least June got help from Nick, and I'm sure that was a great comfort to you. So she then pushed Luke's buttons. So Uh Luke tells her to stay away from his family, or the next time he sees her, he's going to kill her himself. And I was like, oh, he got a little bit of June fire in him. <laughs> so I think not too long after this, she's having a photo shoot and a protest erupts outside. So Luke had mentioned people were outside. So it's between Gilead loyalists and um, the refugees. June joins them armed and she intervenes when a Gilead loyalist argues with the refugees and punches Moira in the face. So June, disrespectful, June pulls a gun on the guy and then she ends up shooting a shot in the air. Shaw hears this and thinks it's best for them to leave. Luke runs over because he's just left from uh, most likely speaking to Serena and he tells her to put the gun down. They need to get out of there because now they're hearing sirens going off. As they run away, they run into Shaw ushering her into the car, ushering Serena into the car. And at this point, it's all or nothing. No one's there to protect her. I mean, she could easily get a shot off before Shaw does anything. But she decides, seriously, but she decides against it. And then Shaw and Serena get away. Shaw then tells her that they have found a secured location for her. 
um, and she ends up getting dropped off at the stately mansion um, and is welcomed by Mrs. Gladys Wheeler, who's played by Genevieve Angleson, and she's delighted to have her and praise over her belly. So it looks like, you know, Serena might have found herself an ally. So I'll stop there for those that kind of <laughs> Luke, Luke being a big bad and, you know, Serena almost getting shot. Look, all I had to say was go off Luke because I was waiting like I've been waiting for like him to have his moment because he just like I said, he keeps everything just bundled up inside. Serena definitely deserved it because she was just taking any shot she could get. Like you were right. The pat down was definitely so she could show her power um, and show who's in charge because she know good well he had nothing else by the time he got up there. So she just, yeah, it's it's all about Serena trying to just show off for this moment. This was her her moment to kind of act like, you know, she had a little bit of power and stuff because we know where it's going. And I don't know what Shaw was doing, but yeah, you're right. June had a, every opportunity right there, but we got another one of them angry stare downs. So I guess we're just going to keep staring each other down between these two ladies. But yeah, Shaw, I don't know how much protection he's going to be. She might need to upgrade. Seriously. So, yep. So, um, yeah. And then how do you feel about this uh, this new person that was introduced, Mrs. Wheeler? Yo, she giving me Stafford, right. She giving me like Stafford wives. Like she, yeah, she on type another whole type of level. I'm nervous about her, but yeah. Mm-mm. I don't know about uh, Miss Gladys Wheeler here. Little sketch. Little sketchy. So uh, Luke, Luke ends up getting a phone call on their way back uh, from a chief building inspector that works for the fire department who happens to have lost his sister to Gilead. Um, so he's shutting down the Gilead Information Center for violating building codes. And Serena is now homeless. Well, not really, because she ends up with Mrs. Wheeler. <laughs> um, but he asks June if she, he can see the gun. She hands it over to him. He inspects it. And he's just like, you clean this? And she was like, yeah, I watched a YouTube video. So <laughs> he's he's pretty impressed. Um, and then June tells him, like, she didn't kill Serena this time, but she can't promise that she won't do it next time. And he's like, I feel the same way. I can't promise I won't kill her either. And for once, they're on the same page. And I guess none that they're on the same page. They actually have, you know, consensual, consensual, satisfying sex for the first time since June's return. Um, because the last time they were getting it on, um, June didn't really give Luke much of a choice. Like she climbed exactly. on top of him. Yeah. And like put her hand over his mouth and he was just like, you know, he was just being ridden and, you know, obviously it just was an uncomfortable moment for yeah, us. Yeah, so, he's like, you know, uh, we'll be going down and Gilead. Okay, this is what we're doing. June, what are you but, doing? Yeah, like, this is yeah. the first time as a married couple reunited in Canada that they're actually enjoying each other. So I'm like, right. yes, therapy work. Finally, yes. Yes, I mean, you know, Angelica, if they would have just listened to you before, we had to go through all this. But, you know, I'm glad they finally had a little nice moment that wasn't June being weird and over the top. (laughs) I mean, she's still being weird. You know, that night she ends up burning the letter from Serena that has Alfred on the, the, you know, on the envelope. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, June definitely is going to let this go um but yeah that kind of closes the chapter on june for this episode we're now going to shift our attention to janine so um we see janine attempting to rehab um she can't walk so she's trying to learn how to walk again with the assistance of a walker and aunt lydia and she's getting frustrated so aunt lydia asked her to to rest and she's like like reciting the bible to her and jean's like just stop it my legs don't work stop talking to me about the bible <laughs> so jean, you know olivia's like all right all right just lay down 
Um, Janine asks if Esther has woken up and Aunt Lydia says, no, it serves her right. And Janine is pretty shocked by this. Um, but Aunt Lydia says that a girl that wicked gets what she deserves and, you know, basically God's punished her for trying to kill one of her own sisters. And Janine protests that Esther was just a child who was hurt and abused. And Aunt Lydia was like, that's true, but I offered her a chance of a new life of service and grace to which Janine says, yeah, a life that of service and grace or else, um, she knows how Aunt Lydia rolls. You know, she would rather Esther rot in the colonies or have her eye plucked out. And then Aunt Lydia insists that she gave Janine the tools to live a safe and meaningful life. And, you know, here she is. She's still alive and kicking. And Janine's over it. She's like, just stop. You know, I know what you do to your precious girls. You know, I see who you really are. You know, I still have one good eye. I wonder if you're going to pluck the other one out too. And Aunt Lydia is kind of hurt by, by Janine's word and she ends up leaving. Um, so later she meets with Commander Lawrence um, and <laughs> Commander Lawrence cracks me up. He's like, oh, he talks about handmade on handmade crime. Oh, um, like this guy. <laughs> but at least this time there's no fatalities. Um, and Aunt Lydia says that Esther is actually the last handmaid that they have that was under June's influence. And Lawrence tells her now that the world has their eyes on Gilead, the handmaid system needs to run smoothly. Uh, Lydia proposes a new system. She thinks that the current handmaid system should be reformed. So to prevent any more incidents happening, she thinks it's best for the handmaids to remain under her care at the Red Center and the commanders and their wives visit to perform the ceremony. So Commander Lawrence is like, look, these commanders do not want to go to some handmade hotel with Aunt Lydia as a concierge. They want the girls in their homes so that they're easily accessible. And he kind of basically says, like, these men are pious, but they need their kinks. They need to be able to, like, whiff the handmaid as she walks by or be able to basically take advantage of them whenever he wants. So I'm just like, this guy, he's a mess. Um, So he shoots down her proposal and tells her to get a grip on her handmaids. Uh, So... I'll stop there for your thoughts on Aunt Lydia kind of having her battle with Janine and also with Commander Lord. I, I like the battle with Janine. I thought that was the first time like Janine really like was just saying, look, I'm tired of the crap. You know what you did. Don't be trying to sit over here and BS me just because I came back and I'm like this. I'm trying to act like you're doing something that's just all noble and all that kind of stuff. And she always trying to throw the Bible like technically after you. Yeah, you have plucked out somebody's eye. And then she starts trying to, you know, she starts trying to recite the Bible. It's like, come on now, Lydia, get it together. So I like Janine calling her out because it's like, what is your, at this point, what is Janine? What else does she have to lose? So I like her kind of telling Aunt Lydia, like, where she could get off. And it's like, don't be trying to act like you're doing something all noble over here. We know how it goes. And, you know, and she over there slapping Esther and stuff. Like, Janine don't know about that. But it's just like, she tried to come back and be like, oh, well, you know, she deserved this and that. It's like, well, she was raped. Um, you know, all the stuff that's, that she's went through and it's like, so she, that's, you know, that's what it led to. Cause it's like, you not, you think you keep using a Bible like, oh, well, you know, this is going to help you guys and you're doing of service, but it's like, you're sending them out to these households to have sex with these men. They have the kids, they're getting snatched away from the kids. It's like, why are you trying to make it sound like this is not something that will be hard on these women, you know? So I like Janine, like putting her in check, like, look, you need to do something different. That's all I can tell you. Like, it is what it is. Um, you know, I always love Commander Lawrence putting everybody in check. He always gonna make his little sarcastic jokes. Like, I like when he was like, so you can't even say her name, huh? Because I'm literally trying not to say June's name. 
So I like how he was like calling her out on that. So, but yeah, yeah, Aunt Lydia, I don't know. She still, she still kind of gets on my nerves because I remember like a lot of her stories from the other season. I'm like, she can't be buying this crap that she's selling. Like you, you, you would think at like some point she gonna snap out of it, but I don't know. I guess she been in it for this long. I guess it is what it is, but. Yeah, at some point I always thought she was just gonna like snap at her, like you know the the person she has become in Gilead. But I don't know. I guess she thinks that's the best form of herself. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we'll see. And actually, you know, that leads into the next scene where she does take what what Janine sets to heart. So Janine is discharged from the hospital. She's just crutches to get around, but she stumbles, and once again, she's frustrated. Um, Aunt Lydia reassures her that God saved her for a reason. And Janine's like, I don't even care anymore. Just take me home. (laughs) So they get inside the birth mobile and Aunt Lydia tells her she should have listened to her about Esther and asked Janine to help her with the other handmaids. You know, she's the only one that really knows them. She can relate to them in ways that Aunt Lydia can't. Honestly, they're more likely to listen to Janine than, you know, this overlord that Aunt Lydia has been. Um, so she asked Janine to watch over them and tell Aunt Lydia if they're struggling. Janine doesn't want to help her. She's like, no, if I tell you that they're struggling, you're going to punish them. And Aunt Lydia says, no, 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 no. I want to try things differently. I want to treat these girls with compassion. So uh, back at the Red Center, Janine is led back to her dorm- dormitory. And she tells Janine, God may, tell- may test us body and soul, but he always rewards the most righteous. And then she leaves. And that's when all the other handmaids jump up and rush Janine's side. They're so happy to have her back. And it's kind of a testament to what Aunt Lydia said. Like these girls look up to her, you know, they they know Janine knows them best. So it's clear that Janine's influence will be good for them. Um, and, and hopefully Aunt Lydia takes all this into consideration and really does start treating the handmaids differently, which I will say this is starting to push them in the direction of the testaments and i don't want to give too much away but aunt lydia is a lot different in the testaments than she is in the handmaid's tale as far as yeah how she moves so i was like oh i see how they're changing her character a bit so yeah that is uh, how the episode ends so once again your thoughts on how this all all after going through all this Yeah, I like I said, I really like like I said, I love the I love therapy June. You know, I'm I'm standing for that. I love that she's getting that together, that she's counting them more and loot more. Like she's not just running away from them and doing stuff, you know, just not even just I mean, she's still kinda like without thinking, but at least she has somebody kinda check her a little bit and she's kinda asking for like, yo, so what do y'all think about this? Or y'all got my back on this. So um love to see how Aunt Lydia and Janine gonna play out like I love that scene where every they're in the red center and all the lady all the handmaids get around Janine after Aunt Lydia leaves I'm I'm kind of wondering I'm like can she start her own little mini little revolution or something up in here because you know the, the handmaids never know like they always got their own little secret language and nobody else ever figures figures out about so I'm just curious because I like how they all kind of like crowded around because I thought they were just gonna kind of sit there and Janine was gonna say something so I thought that was kind of like a cool scene yeah I thought that was like a cool scene although it cracked me out when they're like janine how are you are you okay and she's like i almost died like it's an exciting thing that happened yeah. to her. she's like look i'm a whole superhero now guys i came back right. they try to kill me but oh i just gotta ask you too like going way way back because i forgot to ask about this um when we okay what's the lady uh willer the stiffer wives looking lady 
when they first brought her to the house where she was going to be saved, did you think, I don't like, maybe I was thinking too, I'm thinking too hard about this Hannah situation, but I thought it was going to end up being the people that are with Hannah. Like, I forgot their name, but I thought she was going to get, she was going to get taken to their house, but I guess that's more in Gilead though, isn't it? Yeah, that's in Gilead. So. I don't know why that popped in my head. Like, when they were first entering the house, I was like, they are not getting ready to do this. I just totally forgot, like, we were all in Canada all together, but I just, <laughs> that popped in my head. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, okay. We're still in Canada, but I don't know. I'm just, it's like a heavy hand of eyes for me, like every episode, even though I know I need to go read the Testament. Yes, you should read the Testaments, although we still can't really discuss it, you know, on air because we don't want to ruin it for people that haven't true, read true, it so yet. True. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, I enjoyed this episode. Like you said, it, it kind of was more, more build up towards most likely season six and all the things are going to pop off then. But I, I definitely enjoyed the 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 stare off between June and Serena. Okay. I enjoyed the fact that Luke finally kind of got some fire in him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm happy to see Janina's recovering and she's going to end up being a leader among the handmaids. So, yeah, definitely excited to discuss next week. So, guys, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any thoughts, feel, feel free to hit us up at Black Girl Nerds. And until then, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify.